This is Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking discussion about everyday dilemmas. Our goal here is to offer you insights and perspectives on sticky situations so you can better examine your choices and exercise your own ethical muscles. I'm your host, Marna Ashburn. Joining me is wife, mother and attorney, Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Marna. Hi, Mike. And Mike Derrick, retired Army officer, combat vet, and father of four. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Marna, and good morning, Kelly, and good morning to all of our listeners. Good morning, everybody. Here we are at our final episode of 2020. This was our second year of doing the podcast. We started in July of 2019 with 15 episodes that year. In 2020, this will be our 26th episode of the year. So I want to ask you both, what surprised you about making a podcast? Kelly? Wow. You didn't tell me about this question before today's podcast. <laughs> yeah, Marna, this isn't fair. You're throwing me for a loop I've not here. had a chance to prepare. I'm not, uh, these things just don't fall Try, off my tongue, just, okay? Just tell, tell me what jumps out at you. That I did it. I remember when you called me, I was really nervous, and I asked you if I could have some more time to think about it. So, and I didn't even listen to podcasts, I'm embarrassed to say, and now I do. You know, so it's been a great experience and it's been a lot of fun. Like I was scared and nervous and I've really enjoyed it. And it's been thought provoking. It's really made me think about things, analyze things a little bit more closely, and I guess exercise my ethical muscles. That's happened to me, too. And we have really appreciated your legal perspective, Kelly. I got to say, I kind of drafted you into this. I just started acting like it was a foregone conclusion that you would say yes. And eventually (laughs) you did. Hey, Marnie, you did that to me, too. (laughs) That's my technique. (laughs) Well, and I have to say, it's been fun to get to know Mike, and I feel like he's a friend. So we definitely all have to meet, maybe do the podcast together in person. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And I I just want to point out to our listeners that although I've known Marna for decades, I've never met Kelly in person. And that's hard for a lot of our listeners to believe. Yeah. Because you guys seem like fast friends. But Kelly, I totally agree. I feel like when I'm hitting rock bottom, I'm calling you, okay? (laughs) Well, and do. In in a way, you sort of feel like uh, part of the family because I feel like we have a great rapport. And my husband does too. And I've joked with you about my husband. He he is a loyal listener. And after most every (laughs) podcast, he will, you know, compliment, you know, Marna, our NPR voice. Um, We cannot get over. Mellifluous, Marna. That, <laughs> yes. what, I mean, it wow. also starts with an M. You know, I have to Marna, look up that Mellifluous, word. Mellifluous, Mellifluous Marna. Marna. Yeah. <laughs> and then he always agrees with you. And, oh, well, Mike said blah, blah, blah. And wait, wait till he meets me in person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll burst that bubble really quickly. Mike's definitely the wise one. Kelly's got the legal expertise. You're raising expectations, Marna. This is <laughs> oh, very, okay. very, very burdensome. So, Mike, what surprised you? I want to just follow up on what Kelly said. This has made me a better person because, you know, we all come across things in our life where we have to make tough, let's call them ethical decisions. And I'm frankly better at it because, you know, Marnie, you've given us scenarios that I just hadn't considered before. And so maybe we've rehearsed a little some of these things. A couple different times this year, it kind of came into play. I wouldn't want to have to remember those right now because, uh, you know, I can't remember why I came in the room to do something. But um, <laughs> anyhow, so that's one thing. The other is, you know, listeners will will recall that I'm kind of skeptical about all these connections we make with devices and online. I much prefer the face-to-face personal. And this process that you've set up, Marna, where we 
you know, like Kelly said earlier, we, she and I have never met, and we never do this together. We're in three separate states, in three separate homes, and it sounds like we're at the same table. I find that remarkable. It's really cool. It's, it's and, very and cool. by the way, for our listeners, a peek behind the curtain here at how we do this thing, it's very real because it sounds like, not just to our listeners, but to each of us, it sounds like we're around the same table. Super cool. And in fact, Mike is in upstate New York, Kelly's in Philadelphia, and I'm in Virginia. But the magic of technology brings us together. And I get an insight into our weather about two days in advance. <laughs> Well, that's a little side, Benny. What I wanted to say is when we started this podcast, we didn't know how to do it. We kind of learned on the fly. It's been a great learning experience, great learning curve. I think we improve each episode and each season. Me with the you know technological stuff and, and us with our discussions and our rapport. And it turns out in 2020, podcasts were really much needed because a lot of us were isolated in our homes. And podcasting is a, really a very intimate form of medium. And I think it's been great to be a part of it. I really do. And it's been fun and fulfilling for me. A lot of work, but very fun. In fact, my employer asked me yesterday, this takes you so much time. Why do you do it? And I said, because I love it. I just love it. <laughs> I can't stop. I mean, it's so great to just constantly evolve and get involved in different things and sort of branch out and push yourself in a direction that maybe you're not comfortable. And I also think it's a great way of connecting. Like you said, Marna, especially 2020 was a challenging year. So it's just fun to make those connections. And I have to say, one of my favorite things is when we get some listener email or a listener voicemail, because I cherish that interaction with our listeners. So if you're listening, send us an email, send us a voicemail, send us your scenario. Even like Megan did, send us how much you disagreed with how we approached a topic. We welcome yeah. all points yeah, of view. Absolutely. Criticism is really important or asking questions or challenging, you know, right. our thoughts and opinions because it, it makes us better and it also brings to light a different perspective, which is important. Yeah. I'd like to think that out there among our listeners in this year of isolation, perhaps we've reached out and touched a few people who otherwise were deprived of face-to-face -face contact with others. So if you're out there and that's you, give us a shout. Yeah, not just conversation, but an in-depth, meaningful conversation, a personal conversation. I think that's what we specialize in here. Another yeah. thing I wanted to mention is, and I think we three have come around to this slowly, is sharing ourselves, our personal lives with our listeners, because I've discovered they want to get to know us. And we're all doing that better now. We didn't do it at first, but I think we're doing it now. Yeah, that's true. I know I speak for both Kelly and Marna when I say to our listeners that if you have ideas or thoughts on, on ways we can you know, evolve this even further, perhaps include you as a listener more, we'd be happy to go that direction. Again, we're, we're searching for some feedback. This is the end of our second year, and we're thinking about how we can make this better and more relevant. So give us a shout. Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Last night, I printed off a list of all our episodes from 2020. Like I said, this will be our 26th episode. So let me just do a rundown on the topics that we covered this year. Our first one was cell phone etiquette, then service dogs, therapy dogs, and emotional support animals, two podcasts on inheritance, surprise military re reunions, shopping carts, at-home DNA kits, etiquette in the era of coronavirus, staying positive and connected 
during coronavirus, a second podcast on at-home DNA kits, How Has the Pandemic Changed Us, a show on listener emails and vexing etiquette questions, managing adversity when it's out of your control, ethical dilemmas about homeownership, sports teams with insensitive names. What if you found a million dollars on the side of the road? You break it, you buy it, but what if you're a guest in someone's home? Ten ethical principles to help you navigate everyday dilemmas. Remote learning dilemmas and camping in the time of COVID. Hats on, hats off, and other etiquette quick hits. Leaving online reviews and believing online reviews. Plagiarism, a lightning round of random scenarios. Parents, children, and sports. And this week's podcast is Handling Panhandling. So what do you think about that range of topics? Wow, that's all I got to say. I mean, really, Marna, this is to your credit for our listeners. I mean, Marna is the creative genius behind this operation. She provides the stimuli. I'm just impressed. What a range. And another thing that jumps to mind is that this year has been a lot of things, but it's been remarkable in the way in which it has changed our society. So perhaps there are things that are new in your life and I'm speaking to our listeners here, that you want us to discuss or kick around or air out. So let us know. Yeah, I think that's a great topic, Mike. So let me ask both of you. In the list of episodes that I just told you about, I want to ask you both, what were your favorite or most compelling episodes that come to mind? And it could be more than one. So Kelly, why don't you start? Sure. I thought cell phone etiquette was important because it really made me think about our use of cell phones. And really is the smoking of this generation. It is so damaging. Oh, that is so true. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it just, you know, I was re-reviewing it. And, uh, you know, a 2017 study showed that the average American spends uh, about three hours a day on his or her phone. I mean, that's just shocking to me. I mean, phones are addictive, and they're made to be that way. Our cell phones are. And the applications are expertly designed to manipulate our brain chemistry and elicit addictive behavior. That show really made me think. And I think let's do better in 2021. Instead of our phones kind of controlling us, let's try to control our phones. And I think I talked about on that show a book that was recommended to me in a continuing legal education course, which was on technology and how to utilize technology to help you in your law practice. And one of the things they talked about was the negative side of technology, and particularly with regard to your cell phone. And they recommended a book called How to Break Up with Your Phone by Catherine Price. Oh, yes, you did mention that. And I'll put a link on the show notes of this podcast. Great. Yeah, I just thought it was excellent. She talks about how the cell phone alters our brain and impacts our ability to concentrate and remember. And critically, she talks about how to reset and move back to moderation. That was a show... I know it's kind of a weird pick because we had more meaningful topics, but I just thought that was an important one. Mike, what did you think about our shows? There were a lot of great ones, but the series on the DNA was, to me, very, very interesting, instructive. I learned so much, thought about things I hadn't thought about, and I'm I'm kind of dabbling in expanding my own work in my family's genealogy, and I still haven't made a decision as to whether I'm going to go out and get my DNA typed, but I probably will 
because fact is, having been in the military for as long as I was, uh, my DNA is definitely out there. I'm in multiple databases, at least at the federal level. It made me think a lot. And here's something that I came across last night. I came across this tiny little card about the size of a business card, and it was written to my grandmother in 1917, and it was the notice that my grandfather had safely arrived in France on his troop ship. So my For father, World War I. World War I, yeah. Oh, my grandfather, wow. My grandfather left college and enlisted and uh, went to fight in France. Probably got there in early 1918. And they didn't say what ship he was on. There was no date on it, but it just said, William Wesley Derrick has safely arrived in France. Here's his company and his regiment. And it was sent to his girlfriend at the time, his fiancée. That was my grandmother. I thought about that. I thought about our DNA episodes. And that was a big learning point for me this year. That was a 1917 version of a text message. Yeah. Pretty powerful little piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more healthy than a text. (laughs) Right. According to the experts, quote unquote. Right. A text would be gone, right? Where would the text be now, um, 102 years later? It wouldn't be accessible, but a little piece of paper, that's accessible. That's very meaningful. It's the same with letters vis-a-vis emails these days. You don't really save emails. I don't think people are printing off their emails and wrapping them with a grain ribbon and putting them in a (laughs) hope chest, right? Yeah, right. Well, there's something sterile about them anyways, right? (laughs) That's true. So, Mike, my favorite was also, I had two favorites, the DNA. I thought that was fascinating. And I keep hearing stories of people's lives being changed by these at-home DNA kits it's remarkable. I'm going to out my uh, employer here. He was adopted, and he had no idea who his biological parents were. But through these at-home DNA kits, his half-sister found him, and he discovered who he was related to. He did more research and found more information about his biological parents. It was really life-changing for him to have that connection. Wow. So I love these stories. It's like, there's nothing hidden anymore. There's nothing Mm -hmm. secret. I Mm -hmm. guess it's both good and bad. Yeah. That is true. And then the other thing I thought was really interesting was our two podcasts on inheritance. We started with one, and there was so much material. We had a second one, and we still have enough material to do a third and maybe a fourth one. So there's plenty of information on inheritance out there. And I think it's so interesting because it's an intersection of family, of money, and of legal questions. Whenever that many disciplines intersect, you're going to get some interesting stories. Yeah, and I think it just also shows the commonality of our experiences. We all have some sad stories about money and inheritance and crazy things happening. I know that I sort of felt like my situation was unique and and sad and some of the things I'd seen and and even in my family. And you learn that's not really the case. Uh, And maybe there's some comfort in that. They say, if you go deep enough, you'll find a bedrock of humanity, (laughs) however hard. Yeah. I had another favorite too, Marna, that really, again, seems sort of lightweight. It was our hats on, hats off, and other etiquette quick hits. (laughs) I like that Um, one too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, kind of again, in revisiting the shows, this was the one where we talked about some examples of schools or the school systems overreaching, and that's my own uh, pejorative term, overreaching. Um, You know, the crazy school dress code for remote learners, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was incredibly silly. And then, also signing a form to commit to no parent monitoring for remote learning. And the message that I got was that state and public institutions can really be misguided. And when someone knocks on your door and says, hey, I'm here from the government, I'm here to help. 
Be skeptical. I'm here to help you raise your children. (laughs) Be skeptical, especially in these times. I mean, it's always good and appropriate, especially from a legal perspective, to question things and make sure you understand them and not just sign forms and agree to things uh, because somebody asks you to. Ask the questions, make sure you understand, and don't hesitate to say no, that's okay. You know, getting to the next part of the podcast, just do so politely. The other part of that podcast really was about common courtesy and manners. And I just think generally good manners are so important. And in many ways, we've lost touch with that. And some of that is on us. I know as a parent, I'm sure this isn't true for the two of you because of your military backgrounds, but I could have done a better job as far as making sure. I I hope my kids are polite. I think they are, but I didn't emphasize it as much as I should have because it's really, it's a way to show respect for others, being polite, opening the door for others. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. You know, offering your seat like we talked about, please and thank you. Eye contact. Mm-hmm. listening, not interrupting. Yeah, those know. things do have to be taught and modeled. Yeah. That's why and, I'm somewhat compassionate for younger people who don't do those things because they've never been taught and they've never seen it take place. So how would they know? Right. And the other thing I'd say, especially in our divided world or divided country in some ways, is listen and respect others opinions, even if you don't agree with them. It used to be when I was growing up, we used to talk about politics at the table. We used to talk about a lot of different things. There was a lot of debate. There was a lot of disagreement. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. fun and healthy. And nowadays, you can't talk about anything without somebody feeling heard or upset. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's so yeah. polarizing. Hey, I want to loop back, Kelly, just real quick. You said you may not have taught your children enough about manners. All of my kids are out of the house. I think our listeners know that. And I only have a sample size of four to offer you. But I think you may be amazed, let's say 10 years from now, with how well-mannered and polite and thoughtful your kids are. At least that's been my experience. And it still blows me away. It's like, okay, let's take something like You know, these are kids who, I mean, you had to threaten them with all sorts of uh, harsh punishment to get them to clean their rooms. I've got a couple now who, you know, I'll go visit them and they'll say, hey, dad, can you kind of keep your stuff a little more together? You're making a mess in that Are you serious? Yeah. You know, dad, dad, I, dad, I work pretty hard to keep this place looking nice. Could you, could you help out? Or like, who left that dirty thing in the sink? And I'm going... Is this my child? So have faith, Kelly. Have faith, Kelly. (laughs) As my son likes to say, it reaches back and bites you on the butt, doesn't it, Mom? I think we'll do another one or two episodes on the etiquette quick hits because I think they were pretty popular and we certainly have enough to talk about. The other thing I get, I've gotten some response from certainly my circle of friends was the 10 principles for ethical behavior. They thought that was very helpful. Yeah, that's one of my favorites too be good to go back and re-listen to that one again. Mm -hmm. You may want to include this, but uh, another kind of quick note to our listeners is that there's a lot of material that we record that never makes it into the final podcast. And, you know, that's the magic that Marna does. Thank God. Yeah, right. Holy smokes. You know, we carry on about topics sometimes and 
twisted and turned around and go in a different direction. And Marna artfully edits all that and uh, cleans it up and organizes it and puts it together. You know, again, as we're talking about the process today a little bit, you know, that just gives our listeners a, a little insight into how this thing's put together. But again, credit to Marna. I was also talking to somebody at work about some of the things we all agreed on in the beginning. And one of the most important ones was we wanted really quality audio and we wanted a concise show. We didn't want to waste our listeners' time. So we started out saying 20 minutes episodes. Uh, It hasn't worked out that way. 30 minutes is closer to what it actually is. We all went out and bought these professional grade microphones so that we could, you know, sit at our table and (laughs) record good quality audio. And I think it's made a big difference. All right, I'm going to pivot slightly. Okay, we're ready. I'm going to pivot. You're always pivoting, Marna. You're ready. (laughs) I'm ready. I know I'm speaking for Kelly. She's ready. I am ready. Pivoting. Okay, next topic. It's been a long year. And conversely, it's amazing that 2020 is over. I remember mid-March, I was getting ready to go on a trip and the Dropkick Murphys were having a live concert on Facebook, and they sang um, Danny Boy, which is a beautiful, elegiac song. And it was perfect for that moment because it just kind of kicked off this long quarantine that we've been going through. And then in October, I said to one of my friends, do you realize 2020 is almost over? And she kind of looked at me like, it is? I said, yeah, (laughs) in a few months, it's going to be over. It's been a year like no other. Mike, you mentioned that you have three takeaways from this year. I wondered if you wanted to talk about them with our listeners. I want to talk about something which is really personal, and I'll, I'll try to hold it together. I did have those three. I wrote you guys yesterday. But as I lay in bed sometime in the middle of the night, I thought about this year in a different sense. You know, we haven't traveled. We've been at home. We've been doing simple you know, very routine things. And what that has allowed me to do is it's given me several additional months with my dog. So my dog is, uh, his name is Tucker. He's a lab mix. He'll be 14 and a half next week. And so he's, he's very old for a dog that size. If we had, you know, gone to visit our children and gone to graduations and done those kinds of things this year, he wouldn't be alive because we can't take him to a kennel anymore. We can't ask friends to watch him. He's got issues. But he prospers in his simple daily routine. And every morning when I feed him, you see that spark of joy. And then then we go out and walk and He loves to be outside, and we live near an orchard, and he loves to... Orchards are full of incredible things to smell. Talking to the dogs out there, he revels in that. And to see the joy in this animal, it's kind of an example of graceful aging. It's been an opportunity. You know, Kelly talked earlier today about exercising our ethical muscles. This has been an opportunity for me to to exercise my compassionate muscles. Anyhow, I had some other things to say, Marna, but I just wanted to start with that. Well, as a dog owner myself, of an aging dog, I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And you said once, one of the podcasts, that it was an honor and a privilege to take care of an aging animal. And you also said the dogs raised your kids better than you did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Well, at least my children are polite and well-mannered now. And I don't know. Maybe my dog isn't that polite and well-mannered now. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll get to some other stuff. But that's where I wanted to start. They bring so much love to a family. They do. It's interesting that we're verbal, they're not verbal. But they look at you, and they count on you, they adore you, they watch your every move. It's that unconditional positive regard, as a friend of mine used to say. I think it teaches us something as human beings, and that's why animals and pets have been such a important part of the human experience. And so I've gotten to live that at a very, very granular level this year. Be the person your dog thinks you are. 
Amen. We've all Amen. seen that on T-shirts, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> and loyal beyond loyal, these dogs. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Kelly, your thoughts? It's been quite a year. You know, however bad a situation is, it will change. This too will pass. I think there's a lot of good to be found in 2020. And I understand that I'm really blessed in being able to say that because my family's been able to stay healthy. We have had one of my siblings had the coronavirus and her family did and they got through it fine. Thank God. So, you know, we've really been blessed. But this year has allowed us to spend a lot of time together as a family, which I'm really grateful for, you know, and family can include guests and, you know, whomever you have and, and you did help. have a friend of your daughter's living with you for a while, didn't you? Yeah, and we had another I'm not sure I mentioned this, but one of my colleagues from Australia, just a lovely gentleman, his son accepted a job in Philadelphia. His name's Emmanuel. He's uh a wonderful young man and he came and stayed with us briefly as well as he found a home and an apartment in the city his first place on his own and so he stayed with us a little bit too i worried a little about the coronavirus but you know when people need help they they need help <laughs> and you know we all want to support each other and i want to know that one of my kids strikes out on his or her own that there'll be somebody out there that will give them a helping hand so just tried to focus this year i think on kindness caring help others and and really um, enjoying my family. I would say, you know, I also when we talked about this on the show is just trying not to get caught up in what you can't control, which is very difficult with the coronavirus and a a tough lesson. Yeah, tough thing to learn. It's just hard. It's it's a daily struggle. And then also where you focus your attention determines how you feel, determines your emotional state. So try to focus my attention in a positive, constructive way. I have a big fear of missing out. And this year, there was nothing to miss. So I noticed I was much more peaceful being at home and taking care of projects. I sorted through years of photographs cleaned out the storage closet, organized the photos, and Mike has been the recipient of a lot of photos that I took of our kids back in the 90s. (laughs) Yeah, some (laughs) great photos, Marna. Great. Really fun to look through. So instead of racing from thing to thing and trying to fill up my social calendar and stay busy and stay social, definitely been a slow down, get grounded, much less anxiety. I'm not missing out on anything. The big insight is how much that fear of missing out was playing in my life and whipping me around. I think that's a wonderful observation, Marna. I hope some of our listeners out there can kind of think about that in terms of their own lives because we do, I mean, we spend so much time worrying about others and what they're doing and what we're not doing and can be pretty corrosive. Yes. I also wonder, are we internalizing these lessons from 2020 or when things, if things go back to normal? I'm hopeful they will. Are the lessons going to fall away? You know, I'd like to think we're retaining a lot of this. They say that to build a new habit, you need to do it 21 days or 21 times. I don't know who came up with that, but that's out there. So what you're talking about, Marna, is like a long-term habit. I speak for myself in that I've created some habits and some ways of thinking and living this year, which I certainly hope will stay with me, and I'm going to try to keep them on board because they've made me better. Yeah, for me, it's a struggle. (laughs) You know, I have to work at it constantly or I sort of slide back because those really good healthy habits can be hard to maintain, you know, like going out for a walk every day, you know, for a half hour or an hour. Um, You can always come up with excuses or eating poorly. I mean, maybe these are bad examples, but I just find that you kind of got to do the work and 
stay after it. it. The hard things never become that easy, I find, but maybe that's just me. I think you'd be surprised, Kelly. Um, I imagine a lot of this will stick with you. So I would encourage our listeners to do what we're doing on this podcast and have a little self-reflective session on the past year, what we used to call in the Army an after-action review. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you can articulate the lessons from the year and assimilate them into your life intentionally going forward. It's a great idea, Morna. Speaking of podcasts, we've been talking about our podcast today, but from a different podcast, some of you out there may listen to Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss does very, very long-form stuff, but and I don't listen to everything he does. But one of the things he talked about is doing exactly what you just said, Marna. Go back through your year, but then highlight the things you really enjoyed and liked and appreciated in that year and those that you did not. And that goes for activities, that goes for people, that goes for places. And then look into your next year and try to create space and time for those things that you appreciated or made you better or, you know, the habits that you feel you want to keep. It's a very deliberate thing. Write it all down. Go month by month. Try yeah, to remember what you did I in January. I can hardly remember yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that, Kelly. Yeah? So yeah, it's not just I, me. Sometimes I go to get something or I go and I have something and then all of a sudden I find myself in a room and I'm like, why did I come in here? I came in here for a reason. Right. What was the reason? My train of thought makes all the stops. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. One of these witticisms. Where do you come up with this stuff? Yeah. You must probably, listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm probably plagiarizing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a file in my phone. Speaking of phones, Kelly, I'm going to out myself here in my Samsung. And I've been keeping a record of the things that I've managed to accomplish during lockdown. So keep a list. Do it in your phone. That way you can look back and see how far you've come. Although you may want to stay away from the phone. The phone is a tool. As long as you're using it and it's not using you. It's a 21st century notepad for me, and I love notes. That's a tough balance, (laughs) but I'm going to throw it out there. I mean, Apple has a wonderful little app that does that for you. I use it all the time. It's It's a list-making app? Sometimes refer to it as my brain. Yeah. (laughs) So when I, like, get in the store and I know there's five things I need to buy, I mean, I have a list, and it's a list that I created when I thought of the thing, because otherwise I would go there and I would come home without baking powder. In my case, I do notice that my memory is not what it used to be, so I got to make lists. I got to keep records. It's just how it is. Hey, let's talk about the winners of 2020. Keep it positive here. I have a long list of the winners, and I want to share a couple with you, and I want to ask Mike and Kelly who they think the winners are, who and what. The first one is plexiglass, Zoom, ring lights, flour and yeast, and Mike, I think you're the baker. You probably can attest to this. You probably did a lot of baking this year. Yeah, sure did. Pimped out backyards. Since we're staying at home, people are putting like big movie screens out there and gathering places outside. Graduation parades. This is one thing I really loved. My nephew did this when he graduated from high school. They video streamed it, so I was able to watch it from here, even though he's in New Mexico. And also in Colonial Williamsburg, all the high schools got to do a graduation parade down Duke of Gloucester Street. Wow. That's great. Complicated logistical thing, but each high school was assigned a time, and there were staging areas. And mm-hmm. Normally, there are, cars are not allowed on Duke of Gloucester Street in the Colonial Williamsburg yeah. area. 
but they oh, made an I exception okay. remarkable mm. for the community. Mm. If you haven't been to Williamsburg. Yeah, you know, I went as a small child, and I haven't been back. One of those places my parents took me to. So, you know, Marna, whenever whenever you'd like to invite me down, you know, let me know. You know, I'd you love, have a standing invitation. I'd, lo- you I'd and love Kathy. to see your town. You know, I've heard so much about it. You're always welcome here. Mike, you and Kathy, I have a Spartan but serviceable guest room. That sounds like us, Spartan but serviceable. <laughs> yeah, So that's your style. <laughs> yeah, you go hiking for 11 days in, in yeah, Adirondacks. Yeah. I think you can handle mm-hmm. it. Moving on with more winners from 2020, curbside pickup. Now, when I I was a mother of toddlers. This would have been an ideal day for me. I used to wish, could I just have a drive-through day where I could drive through the post office and get stamps, and drive through and get a gallon of milk and drive through the drugstore, whatever I needed. Well, now it's a reality. <laughs> you don't ever have to get out of your car, which is great for parents of toddlers and babies. DoorDash, Grubhub, and Uber Eats that deliver food. Big year for them. Exercise equipment. I found out yesterday when I was looking for a Christmas gift for my daughter, you can't find exercise weights anywhere. They're all sold out. Right. Wine, another big seller this year. (laughs) Just look at my recycle bin. (laughs) Loungewear and yoga pants. Netflix. Bicycles. I had a third bicycle here and I decided to put it on Facebook Marketplace and it sold within an hour. This woman came rushing over to my place with cash in hand, and she took it for a quick spin around the parking lot. She said, thank you very much. You can't find bicycles for sale. They're all sold out. And campers and RVs. Kelly, do you have a list of winners? I did a short list. First, I have the environment. That's a good one. The environment's a big winner with everyone housing market has done tremendous, especially summer country or beach houses. People want to get far away. They want to get to safety or they just want to, a lot of people are kind of moving up. They want a larger home that will accommodate their ability to work and their spouse working and living and and also just for pleasure. Um, So the housing market, I think, has done great. I put board games. Chess sets are all sold out. That's a good Um, one. Yeah. I think you touched upon Amazon, UPS, FedEx. I mean, any kind of delivery service has done tremendous. I think outside, the out of doors, getting out for a walk and just doing things out of doors. Uh, I know Mike can speak to that. My last items are kind of obvious. Uh, Clorox wipes, toilet paper, paper towels, and masks. And Lysol. <laughs> yeah, Lysol too. Yeah. Those are good, Kelly. Mike, do you have any? Remind me, you guys, not to follow you when you start running through lists, because I think you yeah. stole all of mine. You're in a tough position being the yeah. one in the list. All right, yeah, so yeah. Sorry, Mike. I think there's one, one single solitary thing on my list that you haven't talked about, and that is our local food producers. As our listeners know, I live in this very wonderful, quiet, remote, rural, agricultural part of our country, the Champlain Valley in New York State. And I know a lot of the local food producers. So, you know, we have goat dairies, we have cow dairies, we have farms. These guys can't keep stuff on the shelves. You know, things that they used to have trouble finding a market for all of a sudden are in hot demand. That's one, local food producers. Sort of farm-to-table stuff, Mike? Yeah. Nice. Because at Early on, you know, there was a lot of concern. People had a lot of concern about the supply chain and would I be able to get food? And if I can't get food, then I better start looking around close to home for food. And so anyhow, that's had a tremendously positive effect on our local farms. The other thing I want to just highlight, I think both of you mentioned this, with exercise, Kathy just took a job, a part-time job, working at a local bike shop. It's a wonderful little place. It's called Maui North. It's in Plattsburgh, New York. Maui North? Maui North. (laughs) 
Yeah, wow. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Great name and great shop. So they do bikes and skateboards. And then in the winter, they do skis and snowboards. And Kathy's a great skier, so she was hired to kind of help with the the ski sails and fittings and all that stuff. But these guys, like you guys mentioned, can't keep things in stock. Stuff's just flying off the shelves. So it's interesting when I go in and chat with the folks who own this, they can't get bicycles because so many people are out there riding bicycles. Their repairs have gone through the roof because people bring their old, neglected bicycles in since they can't buy a new one and they get it fixed. Just an interesting little effect from this year of pandemic. Very interesting. People are walking, people are riding their bicycles, they're going to be cross-country skiing and snowshoeing and downhill skiing this winter. Maybe that's made us a little better. Right, hanging out with family in calm and unstructured ways. Yeah, outside. Yes, outdoors. Well, this was a great list. Thank you guys so much for your input, and we're going to end 2020 on a positive note with that list of winners. I encourage everybody who's listening to make your own list about the winners and the beneficial aspects of this year, the high point, something that you want to remember. This is our last podcast of 2020, but we'll be back in 2021. I hope you'll join us, and I hope that you will send us your show ideas and comments. We'd love to hear from you. Mike or Kelly, do either one of you have an end note this week? You know, I've got something, Marna. I just want to thank our listeners. We don't really know who you are. You're out there. You've taken the time to find us and listen to us, and we really appreciate that. And we hope we've made your life a little better somehow. We really care about this, and we kind of care about living the best life we can. So if you want to share with somebody else you care about what we're doing, we'd really appreciate that. You know, in this year of isolation where we've set new patterns and found new ways of doing things. Hopefully we've made your life a little bit better. And if we have, then share what we're doing with somebody else. Thanks, listeners. Thank you, Marna and Mike, for allowing me to do this every other week with both of you. I I really appreciate it. I find it very enjoyable and educational. And I also really want to thank our listeners for doing this with us and participating in this journey. And I look forward to next year. I do too. Kelly and Mike, I want to thank you for joining me on this journey and taking a risk on making a podcast when none of us knew what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you very much. Let's keep the conversation going. Leave us an email or a voicemail at our website, www.ethicsandetiquette.com. Check out our Instagram, at Ethics Etiquette, and our Facebook page, Ethics and Etiquette. If you want to support what we're doing, subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'd appreciate it if you took time to leave a positive review while you're there. And thank you to all of you who keep recommending Ethics and Etiquette to your friends and family. For Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman and Mike Derrick, I'm Marna Ashburn, and this is Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking dialogue about everyday dilemmas. It's good to be with you, and please join us again. New episodes are posted on the first and third Wednesday of every month. See you then.